Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. Sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. Raina Troy Hotline. Alicia, Michael, what's going on? We know you have takes. We have takes. I'm actually surprised that your rant line, raid line, whatever, isn't completely full. Why can't we just win a game? Can I blame Michael Castillo for this? Can I blame Bob Connolly for this? Can, can I put on a zebra shirt and just go out there? Scratch, claw, up against the wall. Can't explain that what I'm feeling right now, guys. I can't believe it. Let's open up that race Woohoo! Oh, I can't believe USD has hired Lincoln Riley. Oh, yeah. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Reign of Troy Radio, episode 458, coming to you on Wednesday, November 2nd, ahead of the homecoming game on Saturday night, USC and Cal. The Cal Bears coming to the Coliseum to play USC for the last time. Um, as a member of the Pac-12 Conference, USC. Uh, of course, they'll meet next year up in Berkeley for the last time, all told, in conference. We're going to preview the game, give you our predictions, and so much more. As always, you can follow us, uh, the show, on Twitter, at Penguin of Troy is Alicia, and I am at MichaelCastFS. I'm your host, Mike Castillo. Someday I'll get this new intro right. Uh, you are Alicia Daratola. Welcome. Hello, hello, everybody. Hello. That, that was weird for me, too. Yeah, this this whole thing is clunky. Yeah. This, this, we're, we're just chugging along. Uh, big welcome to everybody joining us here live on YouTube. Uh, it is another week. It is homecoming week. I'm always excited about homecoming. Um, I miss being on campus for homecoming, the hubbub of homecoming. I remember as a kid, uh, the, the feeling of how cool it was. To go to homecoming week and you would go and get the autographs of every team, um, every SC team, the basketball team would be there. You'd get all the autographs. Um, like, oh, my God, it's Brian Scalabrini. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Is that, is that Jeff Trepanier? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The kids know those names. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, and, yeah, that was always a fun time. And uh, so if you're – they're on campus this week. Uh, live it up. Live it up over 
for homecoming. Uh, of course, SC and Cal at 7.30 p.m. on the ESPN. Uh, a little weirdness this week, sort of on campus, sort of off campus, I guess. Um, the MLS Cup is going on earlier in the earlier in the day. Uh, LAFC um, against Philadelphia, I guess. Yeah, and apparently USC has the the sort of rights to like the parking, so there's yeah. no parking for MLS Cup traffic. How awkward! Like so. How awkward is it? Like your your team is going to play in a championship and you have nowhere to park because your te- your your team built the stadium uh, next to uh, a huge university uh, uh, that owns all the land. Yeah, or not uh, maybe not owns all the land, but owns all the parking and certainly gets priority on a Saturday yes. during the fall. Maybe I don't know. It's hard to plan for things that you can't. <laughs> So, like you might not have predicted that LAFC would be in the MLS Cup, so I mean right. that's fair. But it feels like somebody should have planned who, something better. Who are you predicting? I think I had Seattle before the season. I, you know, me predicting. The well, you were high on what Nashville SC? Or, I think yeah, Nashville Austin FC, yeah. uh, something Orlando FC in a clash of titans in the MLS. It's Orlando Cup. City SC. Orlando City SC. Yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 So, yeah, well, yeah. good luck to LAFC. I This is the last time we ever talk about MLS on the podcast. I aspire to be an LAFC fan. I would love to get season tickets. I haven't been to Bank of California Stadium yet. I want to desperately. It just hasn't like worked out time-wise. So It's a cool-looking venue. Yeah, I would love to go there and watch a game. Everyone tells me it's awesome. So, yeah, I, I'm I'm looking forward to it at some point in life. Yeah. So, uh yeah, you guys can go to watch the 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 MLS footy as a preview, or you can head over to campus and, of course, get the autographs from the basketball. You know game. who's in the best spot for that game is crossover fans, like the USC fans who are are LAFC fans, who yeah. like already have parking for the USC game. Yeah, Th- those fourteen people are in a sweet spot. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolute sweet yes, spot. Exactly. Uh, big shout out to the chat, by the way. A lot of people super hump, uh, pumped up about the the basketball mentions we got desmond farmer uh uh this guy named matt kuma guy in here talking about (laughs) desmond farmer and brandon granville sj says sam clancy let's keep it going yeah you know um you can mention um uh you know all those guys from from the past why Uh, i am blanking on the coach's son who was sort of like bald or sort of buzz hair Went to play in Italy. Oh, Daniel Hackett. Daniel Hackett. That's what I was yeah. like. Daniel Hackett. Way after. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Tim says just... the Craven twins. Yes. Eric <laughs> and Derek Craven, twenty-two and twenty-four. Yeah. Remember Lodrick Stewart and Roderick Stewart. Yes, Lodrick Stewart and Roderick Stewart. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Oh, good times. Good, good times indeed. Uh, all right, let's get to a review over on Apple Podcasts. We got five stars from JTZT. Says favorite USC podcast, but dot dot dot. I love this podcast, definitely my favorite USC football podcast. But I will stop listening if you plan to continue interrupting Alicia mid sentence with a loud, annoying sound effect and an ad. That was terrible. All right, this is terrible, the, Michael. This is my fault. <laughs> uh, so I listened to the car cast backwards, uh, not backwards. I listened back to the car cast. 
listening backwards would be interesting. Yeah. Um, no satanic messages <laughs> in there, I hope. No, or a, no Coldplay references. Yeah. <laughs> uh, listen to the car cast back. And yeah, I, I here's the problem with the car cast episodes. We don't have segments in the car cast episodes. So the ad placement's always weird. You got to like sort of find a place to put the ad in. Um, and sometimes what sounds like a reasonable place because you're looking for a spot where there's dead air and a change of of uh, of commentary doesn't actually play out to be one. Uh, and yeah, we picked a dumb spot, so we'll, we'll we'll get better with that. But we appreciate the five stars nonetheless from uh, JTZT. So thank you. Yeah. As always, you can leave a review over on Apple Podcasts. Um, and then if you're joining us here on YouTube, be sure to subscribe, like the channel, like the video, subscribe to the channel, hit the bell, all those things. All those things you're supposed to do. Yeah, and and I per, I mean I personally want to want to thank uh, JTZT for leaving a five star review and being constructive and and we are always taking constructive criticism in inwardly and trying to produce mm-hmm. the best show we possibly can. Um, personally, the last two episodes, I've been looking at myself and going, "Why is my camera so dark compared to Michael's camera?" And I didn't do something to address that in this episode, but. You know, little things like that. We're we're self critiquing as well. <laughs> Just in my mind. Speaking of, uh, big shout out to Glenn, by the way, who um, has supplied us with some F one hats. Yeah, from, it's, from the our US apparel Grand supplier. Yeah, yeah, our apparel supplier for this this uh, this episode. This episode brought to you by by Glenn, who is the number one Rotbot. We're declaring him at the moment. Uh, he picked us up from some merch. I've got a number fifty five. Oh, it's over there. Number fifty five. Carlos Sainz hat, which Carlos Sainz being number 55 at Ferrari feels very fitting for yeah, USC for sure. fans, the 55 carrying on that. Mm-hmm. Michael has a Max Verstappen cap with That's the right. with number the one. number one. Yeah. And uh world champion, two-time world champion. A two-time world champion, yes. And uh hopefully my my baby Carlos Sainz will one day be a, a champion as well. But uh hmm. the, the number one right here on my hat, also the number of Carlos Sainz wins. So you know. But 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 seeing him get a win for me was <laughs> wonderful. So yeah, uh, big big shout out to Glenn. Thank you, Glenn. Uh, you're awesome. And uh, number one, we'll, we'll, we'll be yeah, we'll we'll be rocking with the uh, with the caps going going forward here. Um, let's get to some news. Uh, talking about the. College football rankings that came out yesterday, Tuesday. It's always Tuesday when these things drop. Uh, and right there, right before the World Series game, uh, they dropped it yesterday about 4 o'clock. Um, SC is number nine in the college football playoff rankings. Same place where they are um, everywhere else. So that doesn't – not surprising. There is a big shakeup. Tennessee is the number one team. Uh, according to the committee, followed by Ohio State 2, Georgia 3, Clemson 4, Michigan 5. So that puts Clemson ahead of the Wolverines at 4. Um, Alabama 6, TCU 7, Oregon 8, and LSU, the big winner of the night, moving up five spots from the AP poll. They're 15th. Uh, they are 10 in the college football rankings. Um and uh, UCLA drops down to 12 in the committee rankings. They are 10th uh, in the AP. Oregon 
Uh, of course, we mentioned at eight, Utah is 14, Oregon State 23. So important things to mention here. A, the way the Pac-12 teams are, yeah, UCLA falls down a couple of spots. Utah falls down a couple of spots. Don't worry about it. They, all the games are, are still in the future. It'll all get sorted out, whatever. Uh, the point is that the Pac-12 teams are not collectively lower down the the, the ranking if that was the case that would be sort of problematic that's not the case um everything is where you would expect them to be the good news for sc is oregon state is ranked um i do find a couple of interesting things here though um lsu getting a bump up to number 10 i i think this is sort of a correction i, I thought it was interesting earlier that lsu was really docked for their week one loss um, to, to Florida state, which is because of a missed PAT. Um, I thought it was weird how they were sort of docked pretty heavily for that. Uh, and, and a blowout loss to Tennessee, who's ultimately the number one team, right? Um, according to the committee. Well, here they are at number 10. This gives Alabama a shot for quote, a top 10 win. Now, is there a doomsday scenario, Alicia, where Alabama and, like, could the SEC somehow finagle three teams here? Of course. There's always a doomsday scenario that says the SEC could finagle three teams because I don't, LSU I don't isn't think a would, top 10 team. I'm, I'm happen, sorry. But like, it's, it's frustrating because it feels like one of those, everyone's just buying into the, to the bull crap. Like, I get that their loss to Florida State was narrow, but like by that by that measure, then USC should be ranked higher than a bunch of teams in front of them because their loss to Utah was so narrow. Um, you know, beating Ole Miss, an Ole Miss team that I think we can all agree is a top fifteen team, but not much better than a top ten team. That's just where they're going to be this year. That's where they're going to perpetually be. Um, they got their butt kicked by Tennessee. They barely beat Auburn. They have not been an imp- LSU has not been impressive enough in their in as a two loss team for me to say yes they deserve to be top ten over a one loss UCLA team a one uh, uh, um you know the the teams that are in and around that area it just doesn't it doesn't track for me UNC is a, a one loss UNC and yeah I don't know that North Carolina is is all that good but they're ranked in in the teens I think they're like seventeen or whatever so it just feels like overvaluing uh, an SEC team because we've decided that beating a bad Florida team and a bad Mississippi State team and, and, a, and a bad Auburn team is somehow more worthy than the bad wins that, you know, teams like UCLA have or, or teams like whoever have. Like It just – it frustrates me. It's stupid. It's There's always a doomsday scenario. But also, it's not worth getting that fired up about these rankings right now because none, literally this does not matter. This sets the table, but everyone's still got, got to go out there and win. And, yeah. you know, Michigan fans are upset about being behind Clemson. Yeah, but Michigan's going to play Ohio State. So you, you either will be or you won't be in that top four after that game. Um, Tennessee and Georgia are going to play. It doesn't matter who is one and who is three and who is whoever. Whoever wins that game is number one in the, t- in the nation uh, next week. That much is pretty clear. Um, so all of those things still have to play and it, it doesn't really matter. It's just like, it's just frustrating that like Alabama's going to get that top 10 win against an LSU team that 
I don't know. Yeah, they're ranked, but like I, I think I think LSU is just about probably where they should be. The exception of they shouldn't be ahead of UCLA. They they shouldn't be. Um, I mean, they should be in the ballpark of where Utah is or whatnot. But like, should I, I'm fine with them being like 12 or 13 or whatever. I, I don't have a big deal with this. Um, I, I did think it was interesting that earlier I thought they were earlier in the season I thought they were underrated because they were sort of. Uh, you know, why too, too low to rank too low, uh, compared to what usually happens with SEC teams? That's the thing. Usually, with SEC teams, you start out four and oh, and you know, four and one, and suddenly you're you're pushing on the top 10. Didn't happen with LSU, which was interesting to me, but that's all I'm talking about. I mean, the, I think K State, K State, and UCLA have a real argument here. Abso- absolutely, absolutely. Uh, yes. K State has a, a, a loss to Tulane that's equivalent probably to the florida state loss that's just yes. weird embarrassing early k-state has wins over oklahoma state and iowa state and texas tech and and their loss to tcu was was a tight loss like i don't know i think k-state and ucla have have really good argument to be ahead but right the, the, if, the point if is k-state or ucla wins out then they'll be ahead of them anyways so it, it, it really doesn't matter the whole rest of the season everyone still has to play uh, somebody else, with the exception of what TCU. TCU is the only one that doesn't have a a game against someone in the top ten uh, still left on their schedule. So uh, they're going to be the ones that have to figure that out. Um, Oregon, if they you know go to the Pac-12 championship game, is going to end up playing someone uh, who's right around there. And so everything has to to play out. We'll see how it goes. I think the the interesting thing I always talk about how. What would the like? I wish that the 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 playoff varied in size based on the year, and how some years, yes, a four team playoff is what you need. Some years, a two team playoff is all you need. Some years, you, you need an eight team playoff or whatever it is. I'm genuinely fascinated to figure out what it's going to be this year. Yeah, because I think there's a world in which a four team playoff is what is needed, but won't be exactly what will be dictated to be what we get well, in, in the sense of like, it's fascinating that Tennessee and Georgia, you can argue are, you know, the, the top two teams in the country. I think the top three are certainly debatable, right? Which order? Yeah. Yeah. They're in the same div- division. Ohio state, Michigan are in the same division, which means like you, you end up with this scenario where there's going to more than likely at least be one 11 and one non um, conference conference champion. And from what we've seen in the past, those teams tend to get in. And so like, do you end up in a situation where there's two of them? And then what happens? Like, then it's this weird, I don't know. Like it's going to be fascinating to see how it, how it all plays out. But like, doesn't this feels like it, we're heading towards the season. Just when you, when you take like uh, Matt Kumagai in the chat, um, (laughs) saying that uh tennessee i I know i know uh tennessee beats georgia and wins the sec east then alabama beats them in a rematch for the sec title one lost tennessee one lost georgia one lost alabama it's the doomsday scenario then you factor in the ohio state michigan one loss scenarios and then you factor in the tcu of it all and then you factor in the Pac-12 of it all, yeah. and you, this feels like the perfect year for like, no, this is the year we were going to need an eight-team, an eight-team yeah, playoff. It, it might so, end up being that way, yeah. Or it might end up being a way where, okay, well, t- 
Tennessee beat Georgia and Alabama. Okay. So they're the ones that are so they're in. They're just clearly in. Yeah. Uh, Ohio State beats Michigan. Well, they're clearly in. And then Clemson and TCU are the only other undefeated teams. And there you go. There's only four undefeated teams. Boom, done. But at the same time, and we're still early in the season, there's still a lot to play. At the same time, we could end up in a situation where by the end of the season, it's very clear. Like, no, actually, it's just Tennessee and Ohio State. And and it's, it's yeah. a two-team playoff that we really need. The rest are just are, – are, cannon fodder and that's one of the things like i fear for the winner of the pac-12 if things play out a certain way in that scenario where tennessee and ohio state are the clear uh the clear you know title contenders then you're going to end up with an oregon or a usc or ucla in the playoff as cannon fodder for one of those two teams to just have their you know Uh, warm-up match sj in the chat says i can see a world where two loss LSU could make the playoffs ahead of a one-loss Pac-12. The crazy thing, yeah, because, you know, you talk about LSU maybe not deserving to, to be there. They're also in a position to play so many teams ahead of them to basically play their way in. If so. I, I can tell you right now, in that doomsday scenario, and this is talking to someone who I don't want to argue too hard for USC making it in the playoff because I don't think USC is a playoff team, if I'm honest. But if – there was a scenario where a two-loss LSU team got into the playoff over a one-loss USC to USC team, where that one loss was a one-point loss at at Utah. I like tune into the podcast that week, guys, because I will be throwing things around the room. Uh, can, can I? Can I, I? I hear you, but can I just say it's not going to happen? <laughs> LSU, Tennessee beats Georgia. LSU beats Alabama. Okay. LSU wins the West. They go over, and then they avenge their loss against Tennessee. And then they have one loss that was on a mixed extra point, and then one avenged loss against the number one team in the country. And then SC has the argument of their only losses against uh, is is a two point conversion. Um, but then they don't have the win power that LSU does. That's a coin flip. Like it, it sucks. You know, I, I get it that it sucks to talk about that from the SC perspective, but it's a coin no, flip. But the point I, is, I would let's guess. not talk about any of this. There's way, there's way too much football to be played. It's November. <laughs> yeah. SC has to go get a, uh, a no loss November. Yes. Of course is, is the key here. Um, and we'll see what goes down. Um, other news. Let's talk about practice news that has come out. Uh, Lincoln Riley's talked about the status of Jordan Addison, Mario Williams, Eric Gentry, Raylan Goforth, uh, Andrew Voorhees. We should list this as Eric Gentry, Andrew Voorhees, Raylan Goforth, and so forth would be the good way to do that. No. Yes. Uh-uh. You, nope. you totally nope. drop nope. the ball nope. on the nope. rundown nope. there, nope. genius. Nope. Jeez. Uh-uh. Not, not running with that one. Yes. Uh, tweet from, from Ryan Karchi. Uh, it says, after USC was without four starters last Saturday, Lincoln Riley says his gut feels that SC will get some of its injured players back against Cal. Quote, we're doing better. Everyone participated, not in a full manner. We've got a lot of guys making a lot of progress. Among those injured players, of course, are Addison, Williams, Gentry, go forth. Uh, Voorhees, quote, we've got a lot of guys who will be close for the game. Seemingly some good news, right? I mean... Good good news in the vaguest possible terms. I think that uh, not having any of those guys back for this game 
is again a, it is it's a, again it's a game where you should be able to beat Cal without those guys, especially what we saw that USC was able to do against Arizona with the second line of the wide receiver core. I think you can go into this game and say you should still beat Cal under these circumstances, but we're now entering the two weeks. We're getting these guys back so that they're not rusty by the time you get to UCLA so that they're back to full speed, getting them back as soon as possible does start to matter. That's very vague though. Like everything he said there is very vague. You could have a scenario where one of the, one of those guys come back. You could also have a scenario where none of those guys come back and it's just like, well, we thought they were close and they weren't close. So like I said, last, uh, last episode, like, on the Eric Gentry update, I fully expect Eric Gentry, all of these guys to go out in for pregame to do their sort of on the field. Are they warming up or not availability stuff? And then us to find out whether or not they're playing based on whether or not they emerge with the team in uniform. That's what we'll find out. Yeah. It's the nature of the beast with, with college sport right now. The, the information on injuries is not always going to be, straightforward plus things are always developing um there could be guys who just aren't cleared yet um and and maybe it's not as much of a secret it's still a developing situation so uh keep an eye on that on saturday ahead of the game sc and cal lock and horns 7 30 p.m pacific on espen the cal bears come to the coliseum last time as a pac-12 opponent for, for usc uh, the Bears three and five, one and four in Pac-12 play. Of course, led by former USC defensive coordinator Justin Wilcox in his sixth year up in Berkeley. Uh, they are ranked 63rd according to Jeff Sagarin. Um, SC lost to the Bears 24-14 last year in the weirdest of games. Uh, <laughs> played a week late, a um, couple of weeks late. Um, game that I feel like nobody watched but us. And nobody wanted to play. Yes. Um, so take that for what it's worth. But um, this is the Bears team that is um, decent enough on on parts of their defense. Uh, their rush defense is not terrible. 37th in rush defense, but 126th in pass defense. Uh, usually you think of Cal under the under uh, Justin Wilcox as having a stifling secondary um, and going from there. Not necessarily the case this year. Um, offensively, they're right where we always sort of expect Cal to be. 101st in scoring offense, 82nd in total offense, 86 in yards per play. They're not running the football well, 106th in rushing, uh, passing a little bit better, 48th uh, in passing, led by uh, former Purdue quarterback Jack Plummer. Uh, Jaden Ott, probably the danger man to, to be concerned of at running back. Uh, 117 carries, 675 yards, five TDs. Uh, they're in the back 12 and 10 plus yard rushes behind a couple of guys named Travis Dye and Zach Charbonnet. So that's good company uh, for odds. Um, but yeah, I'm not sure that Cal's going to keep you up at night with, with their offense, uh, really, or their defense. The offensive line is a trouble, um, so much so that Wilcox went and brought back the old offensive line coach back as, as an analyst to try to get some help. Um, it's been it's been a year so far up in Berkeley. Yeah. Um, this this is a weird team to to look at. Um, they, 
it's not like looking at Arizona where we can come in here and say, man, that defense sucks. But that offense is kind of interesting, and, and, and they've got something going there on offense. They're, they're, they're run-of-the-mill mediocre in yeah. everything. Um, and that's not like, on the one hand, they're not bad in any particular area. Like, well, the offensive line is bad. I mean, the offensive line is not good. but it's pretty bad. But, like... I don't know. They're they're forty first in defense in in, in S and P plus. They're one hundred and tenth in offense, but at the same time, they have at least Jade not to scare you. Right. And uh, like uh, like Matt pointed out in the chat, uh, receiving core pretty solid, led by Jeremiah Hunter. Well, uh, yeah, J. Michael Sturdivant, uh, Maven Anderson. They got yeah. guys there. They've got Probably, guys. You know, not the level of talent that SC has, and not the level of talent that Arizona had from last week. But Jeremiah uh, but certainly some dudes. Jeremiah Hunter is second in the Pac-12 in pass plays of thirty plus yards. He's sandwiched in between Dorian Singer and Jacob Cowing of Arizona, who yeah. USC just experienced as guys who made big plays and uh, and and were dangerous. So it's not that Cal is lacking weapons they have some weapons on offense it's not that cal is lacking defense they have a a defense that can stand up but at the same time their offense is not so good that you look at it and say like arizona man they could put up 37 points yeah and their defense is not so good that you look at it and say man they can stop usc in their tracks so where do you find where do you find the cal of it all? Where I mean, where do, where do you go? I mean, it's a it's a weird matchup that you could get lulled into sleep to think like, oh, this is going to be a blowout. But like, I don't think it's going to be a, a blowout. I I think it's going to be like a one of those weird like maybe they'll hang around for a little while because they're not bad, but they're not good, but they're. Cal? I don't know. I, I mean, I, I went into last week's Oregon-Cal game thinking that there was a world in which uh, well, we saw Washington struggle um, there in Berkeley a couple weeks back uh, at a l- very late night game. Um, and I thought, you know, maybe Oregon will do the same thing. Uh, they, they had an, a noontime kickoff last week, and maybe they could. this could be the game that, that gets weird. Things do happen weirdly to to or I mean to um, to any good team in Berkeley. It's one of the play we talk about um, Corvallis and teams struck good teams struggling in, in Corvallis. I feel like the other place people struggle is Berkeley. Um, sneaky, sneaky, um, difficult. Yeah. And it's not because of, but that didn't atmosphere. happen for the Ducks. Yeah, it didn't happen for the Ducks. The Ducks win forty two. Uh, 24. Bo Nix had an, an incredible day through the air. Uh, you look at the passing yardage, uh, 412 yards, three touchdowns, a couple of picks. But he he performed exactly where he should be. I think what you look at this is look at what Oregon d- did and think: Can SC repeat it? Can SC score 42 points against this team? Yeah, SC on offense is is peaking right now. That we we've seen. The, the offense the last two weeks in terms of sheer explosiveness um, is at the best that they've been all season. Uh, 42 points uh, at Utah, 45 points at Arizona. And we talked about it in the car cast. We talked about it in the fallout episode after the Arizona game. 
there's like plenty of points that they could have even scored more than that. And um, SC right now, the last two weeks, averaging, you know, low 40s, probably should have gotten over 50 in both of those games. Uh, the Arizona game, especially considering the missed field goals, considering the opportunity at the end of the, ha- of the half, the, the, the ref incidents, all that kind of stuff. Like there were points there that SC certainly could have scored more. And I think going into this game, you have to think the most about this offense, even without the guys uh, at wide receiver like Addison uh, and Williams, because SC's got so many other depth guys. Uh, Caleb Williams threw for a career high in, in passing yards last week. And that was without his top two targets. So what happens if he gets one of those back and it's a home game? It starts to look pretty well. And this is a uh, a Cal passing defense that is, you know, just as bad as Arizona's was, 126 in the country, 292 passing yards allowed per game. And they just had Bo Nix just absolutely shred them at home. What's it going to be on the road? Can't be much better. Well, they're, they're 0-3 on the road this season. Yeah. And Cal is. And like you pointed out, like to me, anything Bo Nix can do, Caleb Williams can do better. Um, I think it's fair to say that. Maybe a little bias here, but it's fair to say that. Um, Cal doesn't have a particularly productive pass rush. And even if they did, we've seen what Caleb Williams can do to neutralize a pass rush. Yeah. Um, it's Cal has better. Uh, cover uh probably defenders than i think arizona does but we've also seen what lincoln riley does to scheme receivers to scheme receivers open right uh, we've seen what lincoln riley does with um getting a lot out of even second second line guys so do i think that they'll be able to shut down kyle ford well if they can then will they be able to shut down uh taj washington as well were they able to shut down brendan rice and Michael Jackson and Kyron Hudson and, you know, I just, it's hard to see where this defense is going to get their, get their joy. They are a better, significantly better run defense than Arizona brought. So back to the conversation we've been having for the last week, like should USC slow down the the game and, and run the ball more? This isn't necessarily the the game to try to do that in because you maybe are playing into Cal's hands if you try to, well, if you try to run more in an in an effort to uh, to slow things down, but then Cal probably wants you to run more than they want you to pass at this point. One of the the arguments I've been meaning to make the last two episodes, I feel like I I think about this after we've podcasted the whole like slowing things down. What do your opponents want you to do? I well, think if, if, if you if you were if you were going up against SC. What is your goal? Your goal is to, A, get the ball out of Caleb Williams' hands. And I think it's to slow down and take possessions out of the game. And so why, if you're SC, would you take possessions out of the game? Um, that I, I go back to, the, to that aspect of it. I think you can run the ball more without necessarily taking the air out of the football. Like I, I think there's a certainly a middle ground there. Um, and you can get the most out of your playmakers and you just, you can distribute the ball more and, and not be one-dimensional and you can still be explosive and uh, up-tempo and whatever you want to be, right? Like, I think you can, you can do all those things. Um, at the same time, 
Um, yeah, it, it's going to be interesting to see how SC continues because when we've seen them at home so far this year against uh, Washington State, against Fresno State, uh, against ASU, things were definitely more methodical. So will they be more methodical on Saturday? Or will it be more of a, a open-up, slingham kind of game like we've seen the last two weeks? I don't know. It's going to be interesting either way. I like SC in both of those styles of games. Uh, I think it's a, a matchup that thoroughly favors SC. We've talked about it before. Uh, this week and next week um, are sort of the lulls before the big one. Um, and it's hard to sort of talk about those things because you don't want to look ahead too much, but that's that's where SC is right now, right? Like, I, I know it's homecoming, and people are going to be excited for those kind of things, but, like, it's hard not to look forward. And um, uh, Lincoln Riley was asked about it. Like, how do you not look forward? And, you know, he gave the right answer of like, well, people, we, we know what it's like to go week by week and all those kind of things. But yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes, whether or not SC can, you know, maintain its, its focus and, and whatnot. I think they were focused last week. It's just a matter of uh, Arizona just being very good on offense and SC having, no answer and yeah luckily there's no Jaden Delara facing them this week yeah yeah I don't think last week was a an issue of focus or preparation or anything like that that defense just looked like they didn't have the guys and the solutions that they tried to patchwork together weren't working like I, I just think that that was just that was just a perfect storm of like yikes yeah it will be interesting like I said uh after that game if you have the same problems against Cal defensively, then you need to start really worrying because Cal, with the exception of Jaden Ott, who is an, an, a sort of scary playmaker, doesn't have they're not they're, they're not an offense that's going to completely terrify you. Um, and and even Jaden Ott has been kind of neutralized for the past few weeks, uh, but the better part of a month he's been much more neutralized by the defenses that have faced him. So my hope here would be that we see a bounce back game from the defense. And if you don't, even though we, um, there will maybe still be the injuries. Like you need, you do need to see something here that suggests that last week was just the perfect storm and not, yeah. well, the defense is just the, the wheels have come off. Yeah. And a lot of that's going to be, do they get anybody more back? Um, especially like, uh, Gentry back. Do you get Gentry back on on defense? Um, the crazy thing is, more of the uh, the injuries have been on offense, and they should be damning injuries. When you're talking about the the top two receivers, uh, arguably the best lineman in the con- in in the the conference, like those should be really damning in- injuries. And SC seemingly is peaking on offense, um, and the defense is the one that's really hurting from missing their their stud. Uh, middle linebacker in um, in Eric Gentry. So we'll see if Gentry gets back and whether or not that factors in on uh, Saturday against Cal. Uh, let's move ahead and go to some over-under picks. 
Alicia, you know the only good thing about football season being over? There's literally nothing good about the football season being over. It's just an endless wait until the fall. See, that's where you're wrong. It's tournament season. The best way to take your mind off the endless wait. That is true. I may not want to watch the men play, but the USC women are pretty awesome. Exactly, but it's not just SC. There's high-stake basketball moments all over the country. But you know what? They get even better with prize picks. So you're saying the only thing better than watching Juju Watkins is taking the more on Juju Watkins. Bingo. You can now turn your hoops knowledge and love of Juju Watkins into serious cash. Because you can now win up to 100 times your money on prize picks with as little as four correct picks. Turn 10 bucks into a thousand bucks with college basketball, NBA, and NHL entries. Best of all, Price Picks lets you get on the action on more than 30 states across the country, including Texas, Georgia, and California. That sounds pretty good to me. Yeah, download the app today and use the code Reign of Troy for a first deposit match up to $100. That's the Price Picks app with the code Reign of Troy for the first deposit match of up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. So you're going over. I'm feeling bold. Give me that over. I'll go under. I got to take an under here. I got three unders to take. I'm going to do an under here. Alicia, you and I enter 29 and 29, which is fitting because now we go into the the money month, November. Uh, November is the games that you remember. I, I've heard that recently, and I'm like, I, I like that. Yeah. Okay. November is the game that you remember. The games that you remember are in November, whatever the hell it is. 29 and 29. Alicia, what's your first over-under pick? Speaking of Jaden Ott, mm-hmm. I'm going with 99.5 scrimmage yards for Jaden Ott. So scrimmage yards okay. are rushing and receiving. Um, he had 100-plus rushing and receiving yards collectively against UC Davis, Arizona, and Washington State. And those were all sort of in the first month of the season. Since then, he's had 67 yards or less against Colorado, Washington, and Oregon while averaging 3.9 or less or fewer yards per touch. 
So Jaden Knott in the beginning of the season was, I think three of the first four weeks of the season, he was the Pac-12 freshman of the week. There was one week where he was the uh, offensive player of the week, just on a tear. Then much, much, much more quiet for Cal in recent weeks. And Cal has also lost more games in recent weeks. So will USC be able to keep him under 100 scrimmage yards or will he get back over that threshold in this game? Yeah, I think it's a interesting sort of line there i think sc has not necessarily dominated um you know running backs on the ground but also i i think for the most part the the big danger men that they've played this year have been at quarterback uh more than anything this is this is a very good year in the pack 12 for quarterbacks um and receivers um cal's danger man being a a running back i think is going to be interesting so I, I don't know. Give me the over here. Um, I think there's always pl- room for, for yards. Uh, you said scrimmage yards. Scrimmage. So receiving which includes and the receiving and the, the rushing. I like the two angles there. Um, I will say that when you add in the opportunity for this to potentially be a game in which SC is explosive on offense again, could mean more possessions for Cal. Um, could mean more points for Cal, but more more than anything, could be more opportunities for them to gain yards. So give me the over. Okay. I feel it. I'm going to go to uh, over under three and a half sacks for USC. I'm stealing your line. I know this is a big one for you. You love to talk about sacks um, and, and whether or not SC is going to get three and a half. That's usually the line you put... Sometimes you make it four and a half, which is insane. Yep. <laughs> uh, but no, you, you you go with, I go with three and a half this week. Of course, Cal is 109th in sacks allowed, allowing 3.13. They've lost four games on the bounce if you're keeping score at home. Uh, how have they allowed sacks in those four games, you ask? Cal had two. Washington had four. Uh, Colorado had two and Washington state had four, two, five, sorry, two, five, two, four. Those are the last four games for Cal's offensive line. Three and a half is the line for USC who has been really good at getting sacks early on in the season, especially at home. I hate taking it over on something like this. Good. Take the under them. But I feel extremely strongly, like my entire body is screaming over. <laughs> uh, Plummer is not Jaden Delora. Uh, USC is still a defense that wants to get after the quarterback. My only fear here would be that Plummer gets the ball out quickly and neutralizes the pass rush in that sense, but he hasn't exactly done that. So I'm going to bet on USC getting that pass rush going against a, a struggling offensive line and a quarterback that doesn't have the wheels to do what Jaden Delora did to USC. So taking that over as uncomfortable as it makes me. I like it. I dig it. I, I think that's a, that's a good pick. Uh, would you have taken it at four and a half? Yes. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. And I okay. would have faded myself. Okay, all right. What's your next one? Okay, I'm going 4.5 catches for Taj Washington. So 
All right. It's sort of a it's sort of a two part question here because we've talked about like Taj Washington pretty clearly has become number three in the in the wide receiver pecking order. Mm-hmm. We don't know if Addison and Williams will be back. We just flat out don't know. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. So if they are back, will he still be able to uh, be a target for Caleb Williams? If they aren't back, is he still going to be the primary target for Caleb Williams? Um, what do we see from, from a guy like Taj Washington? He had a season-high seven catches for 118 yards and two touchdowns against Arizona. Yeah, the only other game that he would have eclipsed the over here, the been over four and a half is six against Oregon State. Yes. Four against Utah. Two against ASU. One against Fresno. None mm-hmm. against Stanford. Four in week one against Rice. Giving the over. You're taking the over. Okay. Taking the over. I like SC to throw the ball a lot okay. on, on Saturday. I think that's I think that's fair. I think the thing that gives me slight confidence in that under that I'm that I'm locked into as a result of you taking the over is there are so many guys who can eat in this offense. Yes. And we don't know who will that's pop up the in every I, I yeah. I I if it was anything higher than four and a half, I think I wouldn't have taken yeah. it. But I, I could see him getting five catches. Yeah. For sure. Uh, he could now, have a big game with four catches for what, you know. He could. I mean, he was the leading um, receiver, I think, against Rice and Oregon State. Mm-hmm. And yet it was four Only for four. 65 and six for 67. So yeah. uh, let's get to my next one. 399.5. Caleb Williams passing yards. Can he get back over 400? He had a career high last week with 411 against Arizona. Of course, we know that Cal's pass defense is atrocious. Uh, Caleb Williams, 411 yards against Arizona last week. Bo Nix, 412 against Cal. This is diabolical. It's diabolical because I think having seen what we saw from Caleb Williams against Arizona be very easy given what you said given Cal's past defense to just run with the over here but in the words of Lee Corso not so fast my friend Uh-oh. Cal doesn't have an offense to keep up with USC's offense I don't think this is a game where we're going to continue to see Caleb Williams throwing the ball aggressively in the fourth quarter I am actually going to go with the under on this okay it won't be too much under but I just think that this game is going to be slower in general offensively because right. the defense won't be bleeding as much as they were against Arizona, and there won't be as much pressure on USC's offense to match them. So I'm going under. All right. It's reasonable, absolutely. Plus, it could be a situation where if SC, I don't know, if, if the passing really is great early on, maybe he isn't in the game long enough to get to 400. Yeah. Who knows? Um, all right. So you take the under on that, which locks me into the over. Uh, what's your last over under pick? Going simple. It's a pick em. 0.5 Caleb Williams interceptions. Cal is 15th nationally. They have 10 interceptions this season and they've been spread out through the season. So it's not like they just had like one five interception game. Caleb Williams has still only thrown one interception, which I'm trying to think like I think that probably if I looked back at the numbers for um, for Cody Kessler 
there might have been a stretch of games without interceptions that mat that match or are similar to this, but like it feels like there is no way Caleb Williams will continue to not turn the ball over at any point this season. It's just it's madness. It really is. So I'm just setting that line because it's got to happen sometime. It's it, I just if it's gonna happen, might as well. I mean, Cal is the team that probably has the 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 ball hawks that that you would need to to do it. So interceptions, interception, even. Cody Hessler had one in the first seven games of 2014. So it'd be. But he had he had another one in the eighth game. This is the ninth is the game ninth for game. SC. Yeah. Uh, so a little bit ahead of that. Um, well, how many interceptions did he have for the rest of that season, Cody Kessler? He had four. He finished with five. 39 to five was the So he had three in the last four games? Yeah, but he never had a he never had a multi-interception okay. game. Okay. Yeah. I am going to take the over. And the reason I take the over, which means I think that Caleb Williams will throw an interception, he threw two. One against Fresno State, I'm sorry, Washington State, and one against Utah that were both brought back for penalties. I know that those obviously don't count. And for one of them in particular, it was an an egregious play that, like, set up the interception. The only reason that interception yes. was available was because of the yeah. tie. So, like, I, I'm I'm not going to sit here and, and be dumb and, like, well, that he's getting it bailed out by those penalties. Like, no, that isn't the case. Um, but... Um, yeah, I, I think it's. I think it's. Uh, what I'm saying is that he he's just got to be due, right? Like he's got to be due for one. That's, that's just the reality. That's, that that's not a knock on him. That's just the the. the I've been I've been saying that for the, weeks. The now, nature though. of football. <laughs> I've been saying it for weeks that it hasn't happened. Yeah. So we'll could see. be a dumb tip. It could be yeah. a dumb tip that yeah. not even his fault. Yeah. yeah. He, he, He's, he's due for one. I mean, Brendan Rice is dropping enough passes that maybe there will be just like a tip out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, my last over under is seven and a half. Bryson Shaw tackles. He That's, had seven last week and got defensive player of the week. Uh, ooh. So, yes, he was very involved last week. Will he be involved the same this week or more? I'm going to just sort of hedge bets that one of Gentry or Goforth will be back, that USC will be playing a more traditional defensive uh, base involving more linebackers. And mm-hmm. for that reason, I wouldn't predict a safety having that many tackles in this game. Um, okay. It could happen. I'm just going with the under. I'm just going with the under. I, I like that the, the, the – um... That rationale, I think that that's good thinking, M- makes sense. Um, but I do like locking me into the over. I think that we're going to see more Bryson Shaw as as we go on, yeah, uh, later on this year because also he doesn't have a lot of wear and tear on his body. No, right he doesn't. Now, right, yeah. so um, he's coming off the the quad injury, but yeah, he's got a lot of uh, a lot of life in him. Uh, let's get to the game predictions. Bill Colley's numbers has an SC with a 89% win probability, a uh, predicted score of 37 to 16. Vegas has SC as 21 and a half point favorites um, as of putting this together. Um, Alicia, what what do you think? 
I am going with USC 42, Cal 28. I think that USC will have similar success to what they had against AS, against Arizona. I think they'll be able to put up 40 points again. I think that's the base for this offense. I think they'll get there. Um, Cal's offense is not impressive, but USC's defense is not impressive either. I don't know that enough of those guys who are injured will be back to make a huge impact. I think that Cal will put up points. I think that USC will win this game comfortably while also not covering. Okay. Uh, I, I I could see all those things, um, all that sound reasonable, all of that, and yet I disagree. Because I think SC gets to 50. They're due. I mean, I would SC's love that. SC's due yeah. for a 50-point game. I just don't um, know you do it against Cal. No, I get, I hear you, but I think that they're due anyways. Um, Oregon just scored 42 on them, I think, and that was at home. Now Cal's going the road. SC's returning back home. I, I get it. I, I get, I get all the rationale about, you know, Cal's not going to be pushing the tempo up and all that stuff. I get it. I still think SC is. They have a game in them where they have to get fifty points. Uh, we will see it. Uh, I think we're going to see it this week. I think we're going to be seeing a 70-point game next week, so that's something to look forward to. You, ne- you never know. Yeah. Uh, 52 points uh, for, for SC, and I'll say Cal gets, uh, I don't know, let's say 24. 52-24. It's, it's hard to pick that Cal. I, I wrote 27, total. and I'm putting it down to 24. Yeah. Either way, mid-20. That's funny because I had mine 24, and I moved it up to 28. So. Yeah. Mid mid twenties, so yeah. uh, I have SC covering there. Uh, let's go to the mailbag. Start with a YouTube comment we got from Stephen Scross after the last episode. The defense is exactly what I thought it could be, and that is more discipline, less penalties, create some more turnovers. Last year's team was bad, bad tackling, and add some size and depth to the linebackers. The last two would take at least a couple of years. A lot of top 10 teams have had their defenses lit up at some point this year, considering all the rules that limit tackling and how to tackle new style seems to be created for offense in the name of safety. I don't think it's about the rules and the, I I'm no, but there's an explosion of offense across college football and across the NFL. Like it's just, it's harder to defend than it has ever been to defend because offenses are sophisticated because, um, the the especially in college the ease of finding explosive offensive players i think is significantly easier than finding good defensive players who can tackle and have the right instincts and be elite um yeah i just think that that this happens um and you know there's a reason why the vast majority of like not good teams out there they're not in the mold of iowa where their defense is really good and their offense sucks. Most 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 bad bad teams teams have decent offenses and terrible defenses. So I think that's sort of just the the direction that the sport has moved. And, uh, and yeah, I, and I, I tend to agree with, with this commenter, the defense is better. It's marginally better in some areas, significantly better in other areas. It's just better though. So, yeah, you take it, what you get. It's better. These last two weeks don't tell the full story, but we said that earlier in the year, and then they bounced back from that. Um, and they sort of, 
you know, the second half of the ASU game, everyone raved about how they they were, especially compared to the first half. And the Washington State game, we, we raved about what the defense looked like against mm-hmm. Washington State. So, um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll see what this defense can do, whether or not they can bounce back. I kind of like them to, to really bounce back this week. Uh, so we'll see. Uh, if that's in the cards, um, Eric on YouTube says, is Caleb actually making a read on the RPO or is he already determined uh, to make it a pass play? Could this be why the lack of periods when uh, we get away from the run? Um, no, I don't think you, you're going into the RPO having to make the decision because the whole point of the RPO is to put a defender. Um, sometimes it's multiple defenders, but a lot of times it's just one defender Put them in a spot to make a choice. Uh, and this is the other thing of why the offenses are so good nowadays because so many of the offensive plays are designed to not just win physical beats but to put a defender in a spot to make a decision. And they are designed to where it doesn't matter what that decision is that the defender loses because if the defender takes this guy, well, here's this other dude you're, you're going to go to. That's all the RPO is. The RPO is okay. If this if this linebacker is going to crash in on the run, well, then I'm going to throw a quick slant into this receiver who is the um, the pass rusher uh, creates a vacated zone for the for the quarterback to throw into. That's how it works. If he is taking a step back in zone coverage, then you can hand off to the running back who hopefully can end up getting to that second level um, and getting, getting there and finding a hole. Like, cause then there's fewer numbers coming at you. Like if you are predetermining if, if RPOs are runs or passes, and you are not. defeating the purpose of an RPO. Yes. I, I do think there is something we've seen a lot of pre-snap decision-making going on though, because we're seeing Caleb changing plays or making calls at the line or, or doing that. So like, I think there's an element not in the RPO game, but like there's an element of there are times where USC is reacting to the pre-snap defense. And that might be what that sort of explanation is, is heading towards in, in terms of the question is that's why USC isn't running because they're making a decision pre-snap to change into a different play. But like you said, Michael, like if we're talking specifically RPOs, then I mean, the, if you're running them right, then it should be based on post-snap activity by the defenders. But it all sort of goes into, you know, Caleb might have a an idea in his head of what the defender's going to do, and then when it happens, <laughs> it just so so happens that it goes that direction. Yeah. Uh, Calix Rose in the, in the chat says Caleb will sometimes not take checkdowns. See, I, I, I want to see numbers on those kind of things, because I think that those – tends to be sort of a, an anecdotal thing of where we remember the times where, where he hasn't. Uh, I, I wish I had the number right in front of me, but like the um, it was something like 33% of SC's passes in the Arizona game were at or behind the line of scrimmage, um, which tells me that the check down is either a viable, viable um, weapon or SC is just throwing a lot of li- like little short stuffs. Um, and it's probably a mixture of both, right? So, like, um, yeah, I, 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 I don't know. I, I would need to go back and, and watch more of that to uh, to, to really get a bit solid answer at that. Eric says, "What's the prediction for this uh, homecoming attendance?" 
I don't know. What, what do you think? In mid-60s? Yeah, I think mid-60s. USC's been getting mid-60s, lower mid-60s, probably maybe upper mid-60s here for for homecoming. Yeah. Uh, Highman says, do you think SC will have throwback jerseys this week? We saw the, the avatar change <sighs> to a throwback helmet. Would be cool. I'm going to guess not because I think SC would have announced it already. Yeah. Yeah. I I would love it. I'm not expecting it. I, I, I think we would have an inclination of it if that was the plan at any point this season. Yeah. I, I think we'd already know. Yeah. Mark says, is this the game where Travis Dye rushes for 200 uh, and Kyle Ford gets 180 and two touchdowns? Kyle Ford might get 180 and two touchdowns, but Travis Dye is not rushing for 200 today. Nope. <laughs> you never know. Could, I mean, maybe, but happen. like USC would have to run the ball way more than they wanted to. And also Cal, if they do one thing decently on, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's stopping the run. So yeah, no. Yeah. It could happen. It uh, could happen. Curtis from Moreno Valley uh, says defense needs to spy the next dual threat quarterback that we face with a safety, please. So here's the thing though, is like they spied Jaden Delora at times and it didn't matter because the player spying was not spying well. So like a spy in theory is yes, great. But the spy still has to be capable of keeping up with someone like Jaden Delora. And that's where USC runs into problems because the, the other side of it is the spy that you are taking a guy away to be a spy um, is one less defender to covering the pass. Yeah. And so do you want to take that spy away from the pass rush or the pass coverage? Um, it's the whole blanket thing. Mm-hmm. Um, you got to have leave something exposed and going up against the, you know, the, the quarterbacks that you talk about, the, the, the running quarterbacks uh, coming up on the docket, it's DTR. And then it's either, if you, if you get there, it's either Cam Rising again or Bo Nix. All either three way. of those quarterbacks can beat you with their arm. Yep. So like that's, uh, it, yes, in theory. Yeah. Spy and have a guy there, but I think it's a little bit easier said than done a little more, mm-hmm. a little more nuance for sure. Um, Glenn says over under one and a half um, Pac-12 referee rants for for Elise after the game. God, I hope under. I hope. I, uh, you, you, I hope. I have nothing more to say. You you, you would you would hope you yeah. would hope. Uh, Joshua says, "What is our playoff scenario for SC to get in? Win out. Win. It's it's just win. Um, SC." I, I thought SC completely controlled their own destiny. The guys over at uscfootball.com did some digging. Not necessarily their case. There's a world in which there's a three-way tie that does not benefit SC. Uh, go scfootball.com to look up that kind of stuff. Um, the main thing, though, SC winning outs and Oregon winning outs, the combination of the, those two uh, would mean that it would be SC and Oregon in the championship game. So, I think that's probably what you're what then, you're for. then you also need the doomsday scenario that we talked about earlier in the SEC to not happen. You need the doomsday scenario in the Big Ten to not happen. Yeah. Wouldn't wouldn't hurt going to the Pac twelve championship game is only a factor of it. Wouldn't hurt if TCU lost a game um, yeah. or two. You need TCU you, out of there. You and need, you probably need Clemson out of there. Yeah, you need some help, but that help is probably gonna come just the way that a college football season plays out. So Really, the important thing is win out. Clemson's the interesting one because if Clemson loses somewhere, I 
I think they end up with a schedule that's not as impressive as FC. The ideal for USC is for Notre Dame to beat Clemson, Notre Dame to be ranked when USC to be ranked as highly as possible. Because yes. Notre Dame, I think, is already on the edge of being ranked. If they beat Clemson, they'll be ranked. And then by the time you get to the last game of the season, Notre Dame could be, depending on how things play, a top 20 team. And that would really help USC um, in terms of, of resume building. You also need and sabotaging or- Clemson helps, but you also need or- yeah sabotaging. You also need Oregon State to not drop uh, any unnecessary games, except for the Oregon game. Right. Um, you need Utah to not drop unnecessary games. Well, you could you could have Oregon State win out and beat Oregon. It wouldn't be the doomsday scenario. No, it wouldn't be the worst case scenario because that. But then you just have to hope that you play ucla or utah again and and they will have won out to that point which you don't want ucla to win out because you want to to beat them so maybe it's you want the rematch with utah and i don't know do you you want the rematch with utah i don't know well yeah then again avenging the loss avenging a one-point loss yeah but the utah playing utah in the pac-12 title game is probably not the height of the ranked win that oregon oregon presents potentially right so the point here a, is that a, we could spend two hours going over every scenario that's in play right now. Yeah. The important thing for USC is win out. Yeah. All right. Rapid fire. Uh, go down here. The rest of the questions that we got here. Uh, a Courtman 17 finished the fallout episode today while walking my dogs. No correction. I turned on the episode. I turned the episode off once I realized you have terrible taste in candy <laughs> and had nothing more to say about the team. Uh, hey, I'm sorry. Crunch is the best bar. Candy bar there is. Crunch and Kit Kat. Okay. T- don't yuck people's yums. That's all I say. Yeah. Um, SJ, what are the chances of the debut of your pup on this weekend's car cast? Hi, because the last two episodes I have wanted to go get her and bring her out. The problem is the last two episodes we were planning to leave immediately after the episode is done. We are going to leave, which means she's currently in her crate. I don't want to take her out of the crate only to put her back in the crate. So yeah. the car cast will, I guarantee you will get a, a Jesse um, appearance, whether it's to lift us all up after a stunning upset <laughs> or to show off the puppy after, uh, after you. Uh, Cam lifestyles question, Michael, is it anyway or anyways? I honestly couldn't. Is it, is it offside or off sides? I don't know. Your body just, answers that for you thank yes that's I, if you told me it. is it supposed to be offside or offsides i genuinely don't know my my mind just says one hmm. i don't know i don't yeah. know what my brain says yeah mm. 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 um randy what, who do you think will have a huge breakout game first michael jackson or really brown i think really brown brown has the easier pathway right yeah yeah let's go to an email we got from from guy or is it gee Guy? Guy? Uh, who says, Dear Alicia and Michael, pay no serious attention to the pains in the arse, uh, whom have nothing better to do than grouse about trifles. They need to get a hobby. Vernacular American speech is chock full of abundant repetitions of the word like, and we all use it profusely. But I wish to make special mention of Michael's own mannerisms of saying 100% in lieu of say absolutely. Well, get this. Recently, Ryan Abraham has taken to copying Michael's trademark mannerisms and is always now saying 100% too. Bravo then, Michael. You you speech mannerism trailblazer, you guy in Lake Balboa. Our neck of the woods. It's exciting, guy. Um, That is awesome. (laughs) 
We have stolen. 100%. We have stolen Ryan Abraham food analogies on a kid. Not stolen his analogies, just done the bit. So like, I get it. <laughs> I, I'm sure there's a there's a there's a lot spreads. of little things. Uh, also, hey, I feel like the more I listen to Keely, the more I had the incl- inclination to start saying like interesting, interesting to things. Interesting. So she does say interesting. She does say interesting a lot. So like, yeah. it's interesting it, how she does. Wait, hold hold on. Talk. I'll I'll do the Keely. Yeah, it it's just the way that we all talk is we pick up things from other people, and that's what we do. Interesting. Yes. Yeah, that that's that, that's, that's Keely's bit. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, no, I I I don't think the hundred percent thing is surely mine. Um, you do it a lot, though. I do do a lot. It you self scouted that too. No, I I I I get it hundred percent for sure. Yeah. Um, no, I I I'm I'm fully aware. Uh, YouTube comment we got from Robert Smith Michael you're crazy the 100 grand bar is the merging of Nestle's Crunch tier 1 and the Mars bar tier 1 the best bar out there I maybe I don't know what it's in 100 grand we need to get 100 grand and have you try it because it is perfect huh uh, Mr. Uh, B00M Mr. Boom is that what that is question what is the best wing sauce or seasoning? There is none because wings are bad. That's uh, that's Sean from Beautiful, Beautiful Austin, Texas, by the way. Oh, I didn't even read the next thing. It's yeah, yeah it's Sean from yeah. Beautiful Austin, good, Texas. Good old Sean. Uh, no, wings are good. This man is a problem, but that's a discussion for another time. Wings are bad. Uh, I am partial to honey barbecue, personally. That's me. No. Nope, nope, nope. All right. Uh, <laughs> let's let's uh let's wrap this thing up with uh one last question thoughts on daniel ricardo not coming back till 2024 says eric um the answer is inevitable unfortunately it's sad but it was also sad watching him the last two seasons anyways so yeah all right we'll be back saturday night with the car cast of usc and cal homecoming at the coliseum uh be sure to play the over under game uh, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, uh, go down to the link and hit the link in there. If you're watching us on YouTube, uh, hit the link in there as well, even though the link is probably outdated at this moment. We'll, we'll fix it. Uh, go make your picks for over under. Um, and then um, we'll see you then after the game, late nights, Saturday night. So uh, drink your coffee. Yes. More energy drinks. Yeah. All right. Until then, we will see you. See you. See you. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. 
say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate megastores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill.